if you have a process in place and you have a, a role player who converts better with marketplace leads because they go out and they take that video, right? They understand that interacting with that client is different than interacting with the lead source from a website. And they go out there and take that extra step. They take that video and they text it out to that service using the Matador platform, which is my <laughs> yes. favorite, right? So this is a process that we incorporate. That appoint, lead to appointment increases and the lead to sale increases. But when you learn how to translate that data and position yourself in the best possible way so you could have an optimal outcome, that's when you're starting to truly leverage your data. And, and that, that is the key to success. Welcome to the Matador Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Matador Buscast. Yes, I said Buscast. <laughs> I have done podcasts in planes, trains, automobiles, and yachts. Now, this is the first time I get to do it in a bus. And I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Dan Trinidad with me. What's going on, brother? How you doing? What's up, buddy? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. We're going to have some fun. We may go a little squirrel. We might find some rabbit holes, but we're going to have a great time. Hey, Dan, um, I love kicking off these podcasts with origin stories and everyone's like, oh, God, here comes another origin story. But no, <laughs> I, I think it's super important because, look, I don't believe anybody just wakes up one day and goes, yeah, the car business, that's where I'm going to spend the rest of my life. <laughs> so <laughs> I love finding out how people get into the business. So let's start there. How did you get started in this crazy little world that we call the automotive industry? Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. I definitely <laughs> did not wake up and say, Man, I want to spend the rest of my life in the car industry. <laughs> I actually had the opposite experience. So my father was—I uh, was born and raised in the industry. He was a salesman, but spent 35 years in the box. Right? He's an F a huge <laughs> F and I guy, and then he went into general management, but mainly in the box. And he brought me into the industry early. I was uh, a porter, then I sold cars, then I, I did backup F and I, then I did some leasing. And early on, my early 20s, I was making good money. Right? And I said. I do not want to spend the rest of my life in nine to nine, two bust out days and sitting in his dealership <laughs> yeah. all day. I'll bell like, to bell all the time. I yep. will try anything <laughs> outside of the auto industry. So that's when I got into the uh, promotional industry. And what I when I thought I was a huge concert promoter and, um, and a nightclub promoter, what I really realized I was more in the data game early on with spreadsheets and, and analyzing data and what helped me populate these events. And that translated into building websites, custom software in the mm -hmm. early, late 90s, early 2000s. And um, I, I, I steered away from the automotive industry for the early part of 2000, 2009, and re-engaged when automotive industry started to reinvest into digital, yes. whether it was digital marketing or software. And that's, my, that's when I really started to re-engage. And my father, again, brought me back into all the auto groups he was working with. And uh, that's my story. That's how I got involved. <laughs> and here you we are. You were born into it, man. I was. I yes. was. Yes. That, I, I, look, it happens one of three ways, right? Mm -hmm. Either you're born into it where a lot of people stumble into it, or like me, you get conned into the business. So it's, it's usually one of those three or sometimes a combination of them all. Sure. Um, but hey, we got a chance to talk a little bit before we start recording. And uh, you guys are doing some pretty cool stuff around kind of business intelligence, Absolutely. you know, which, man, look, I love data. I got to be honest with you. People think I'm weird, right? But I just, mm -hmm. I get jacked about it. I'm like, I, just, I love reading it. I love deep diving into it. I love looking for opportunities to improve it. But, you know, we were talking um, earlier a little bit about baseball because you're in one of the most iconic baseball cities in the entire country. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go Cubs, right? Go Cubs. Go Cubs. It took us 106 years to win a title, and hopefully it doesn't take that long to win another. 
You know what? I think that's something that dealers need to think about for a second. Okay. All right. Talk about a commitment. Did you hear that? 106 years. Yep. I find some dealerships go through a process and they try it for three months and they give uh, up on it. A uh, hundred and six years, guys. That's such a good, <laughs> such a good analogy. Absolutely. But look, let's go. Let's. I love the baseball analogy. We're going to kind of keep rolling right this, okay. right? Because you know, look, the one thing I love about baseball, I love the stats about baseball, right? And the thing I love about baseball is you can actually see how they're taking the data, and they're in real time. They're making adjustments. Absolutely. You see how the left field starts to move in maybe the right field comes in or the outfield goes you know it starts to shift to the right or shift to the left or come into the center right or how the pitcher gets changed if it's a left-handed or a right-handed batter they're going to match you know you see it happen all in real time and i think a good dealership is can operate the same way but only if they have access to that kind of data i I couldn't agree with you more and using that baseball analogy they are positioning themselves in the area for optimal success right and when you, we talk about data, and it happens with every dealership and you know uh, every new client, data only matters when you act on it. Action changes things, right? 100%. So you have to act on your data. And data on a screen without action is just data on a screen, right? There are no numbers on a screen, <laughs> as, as uh, you know, one of my colleagues always refers to. But when you learn how to translate that data and position yourself in the best possible way so you can have an optimal outcome, that's when you're starting to truly leverage your data. And, and that, that is the key to success. So let's, let, let's kind of get into this because, right. look, um, there's so much data. Look, as <laughs> this is me putting my dealer principal hat on, right? Okay. And vendors are literally throwing the word data, 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 tomato, tomato. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm constantly getting bombarded with, you know, what can be done? What am I tracking? You know, and I think, you know, a lot of what I'm hearing on going on right now this year is like, let's get back to the basics. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I'm going to start anywhere right now, as far as kind of, you know, my data exportation is getting back to those basics and how we measure those basics. Right. And how I measure my physical dealership and my digital dealership. All right. And how these two data points connect. So, so tell me a little bit about Benchmark and what are some of the things that you guys are measuring right now? Awesome, I appreciate that. Uh, and to start off, the name Benchmark is where it all starts, right? I like that because you know there's a little bit of a baseball analogy there too. Absolutely. So anyways, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm stuck on this whole baseball thing. <laughs> so in order to really understand your data, you first have to establish a benchmark, Yes. right? Without a benchmark to look back on and reference, you don't know where you're at or where you're going. So that's where that's what our starting point is. Uh, at, with our benchmark software, we manage digital data, yep. so your, your digital dealership, but we also manage dealer performance data, your processes and personnel and how they intertwine with one another. The reason we do that, because the age old saying that we have is you can't fix a, a process issue with a marketing adjustment, no matter how many times you try. Absolutely. And unfortunately in this industry, every time a dealer doesn't hit a goal, the first lever that they pull is their marketing lever. Let's make an adjustment in marketing. Second is let's make an adjustment in software. And what we realized is a lot of the ailments lie within the process issue under utilization of software, not understanding how to leverage what they already have. Uh, Absolutely. You know, look, I, I, I think every good, a dealership that I've had an opportunity to either interview or visit or even deep dive into their financials, all right, has three amazing pillars, all right, and they balance these pillars really, really well. People, process, and technology. Yes. All right, and typically, if there's something wrong in our operations, I find that one of those three are out of balance. Yep. yep. You know, so let's let's go into this. Um, look, <laughs> we're car guys, sure. okay? 
we're coming off <laughs> three years of the most profitable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the most profitable. Absolutely. I mean, I just don't know if we're ever going to see this again. And as and as amazing as that profitability was, I think it is detrimentally all right put our operations back. Yeah. You know, 10, 15 years because let's just face it. Last few years, man, we've been order takers. All right. As long as I can turn the key on my door and flip the switch on and turn on the lights in my dealership, I sold cars yeah. and I made money off of it. But I think over the next few years, things are going to change. And I'd love to get your thoughts on it. You're 100% accurate. You know, we have dealers that have been living off the you know scarcity of inventory yes. and they're just making money hand over fist which is good for them i mean good guys look it's good it's 100, good 100 and, and also when we got down to the level we're talking to the salespeople, and we'd ask them you know closing percentage a little bit lower this month what do you see different in the process and their mentality has changed significantly they were no longer servicing the client they were just taking orders and uh -huh. if you want it or not this is the color we have it in now you have to dial it back, you know, a few years or even maybe a decade and understand that we're back and we're in the service industry. They can buy and shop for those vehicles almost anywhere again, right? Uh -huh. Inventory is not abundant, but it's, it's making its way back. And if you do not make that adjustment and go to the fundamentals and look at your data sets with your processes and personnel and how you approach business, you're not going to reach those same levels that you were a couple years ago. The good news is you can because a lot of your competition is still asleep. And if you're in the data world and if you understand how to leverage your data and take action on that data and start to communicate through the entire sales chain, you could be one of the dealers that have a head start under us. And it really is like operating a good baseball team. Sure. Right. Sure. You know, it, it, is, it is taking a look and deep diving into, you know, what my at bats are. Yeah. What happened at bat, both physically in my dealership, but also what happened at my at bat in my digital dealership. You're on base percentage. It's the whole money ball. There we go, right? Yeah, it absolutely. is. It is. You know, and the funny thing is, I also think we need to be looking at our players that way yep. as well. I'd love to get your thoughts on something because okay. something that has always kind of bugged me uh, over the years is our industry's kind of adoption to what I call the superstar culture, okay. right? Like, all we want are the Michael Jordans of the world. Yeah. That's all we want working at our mm -hmm. dealership, okay? Yeah. Now, if, if you're shaking your head and you're telling me, no, you're 100% lying, I know you are. Um, all right, if you had the opportunity to put 10 Michael Jordans on your on your floor, you would 100% do it, right? And we just, that's the kind of mentality that we're looking for. But we're not trying to moneyball it, all right? Yeah. We're not trying to find what is the best team I can put together Absolutely. that's going to get me the best results. Instead, we seem to invest into these superstars, which then become prima donnas, and will then dictate... Maybe some don't, some do. All right, I'll start dictating. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to use a CRM. What the hell's a CRM? Screw a CRM. I have my Rolodex. Shut up. Um, <laughs> but like, how do we kind of get into that mindset of, of, of shifting from a superstar culture and moneyballing this bad boy? So we're talking about role players because everyone in a dealership mm. plays a role, right? Good point. And for example, we have different lead sources coming into your CRM every day. And when you're looking at a website lead source, someone that found you, whether it's paid, organic, direct, however they came onto your website, you have now taken that consumer off the market, they're, they're interacting with your dealership, and it's a higher conversion, right? So when that lead comes in, a lead handler will take that lead, they'll t once they book the, the, the appointment, they'll turn it over to salesperson, and our conversions are higher. We're at a we're north of 16% lead, lead to sale conversion with website performance. But what happens when you have a car guru's lead? It's a marketplace, mm -hmm. it's different. They're still shopping at other dealerships. Their experience is different. Those conversions go down. However, if you have a process in place and you have a, a role player who converts better with 
marketplace leads because they go out and they take that video. Right? They understand that interacting with that client is different than interacting with the lead source from a website. And they go out there and take that extra step. They take that video and they text it out to that service using the Matador platform, which is my <laughs> yes. favorite, right? So this is a process that we incorporate. That appoint, lead to appointment increases and the lead to sale increases. So that is the difference between having all the Michael Jordans on your team and having the role players that understand how to leverage the data and process and make sure you're getting the most, you know, out of it. I love that. And I love that as a concept. Uh, now, uh, something else, like I said, sometimes I go squirrel, but okay. you know, I want to get kind of your professional opinion on this. Sure. You know, I just recently uh, had a read a stat that, you know, um, prior to the pandemic, all right, the average new hire had about three and a half years worth of experience at the point of new hire. I mean, okay. they had worked at some other dealerships and that was kind of, that was the norm, right? Okay. Like about three and a half years worth. The average new hire now has less than a year yep. of automotive experience. Sure. When we know that it is the, 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 the key to success is putting those roles together and building that, that team, mm -hmm. doing it with such new talent. What do you think some of the challenges dealers are going to be facing? Um, Training that new talent, the old tricks. Ooh, what okay. consumers like is the is the um, hospitality approach, right? They're online, they're shopping on Amazon, they're getting instant gratification, they're getting serviced soup to nuts. They like their experience. The reason why you see that average uh, experience level drop is because we're looking for um, service-based, you know, personnel who can handle an online lead, just like they were servicing someone at a hotel or, or an online business. When dealers onboard these new inexperienced people and they try to teach them all the old tricks that dealers have been doing, they kind of take that, you know, the uniqueness away and the reason why they hired them in the first place. So I think if they would leave them be and let them bring their experience from the other industry. Yes. And be able to service that client first. Don't be scared of pricing. Don't be scared of answering questions. They could shop anywhere. You're not doing anyone any 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 favors by <laughs> I'm going to hide my pricing. I'm going to bring them in. I'm. That's the old way of doing business. You have to change that mentality and you have to meet the consumer where they're at in their journey. As soon as you lose that connection with the consumer, you lose their trust. Yes, as soon as you so lose true. their trust, you're, you lose your brand. You have to start adapting today and get meeting the consumers where they're at because they can get that service anywhere else. I, I, I completely agree with you. And, I, and, I, and I've seen um, uh, some dealerships do a great job of kind of embracing that with their physical dealership. Sure. And then I gotta be honest with you, Dan, I wonder if you see the same thing I do. It comes to their digital dealership, and all of a sudden it's 1986 again, and they're like, I don't, "When are you gonna come in?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. but but they're changing in the physical, but how do in the digital side, man? How do we how do we change? Uh, again, you're correct. I have an example of dealers that are changing both, dealers that are changing one or the other, and I have the dealers that that don't want to change either one. They just want people <laughs> to come in, they want to smoke that cigarette, and they want to give them the pricing once they know. They're a qualified buyer. They could even you be. You mean when they dealership. have a credit card in yeah, hand? Yeah, exactly. I'm not giving you my best. And price. then they give it the four square right. so they get a signature. And, yeah. and I think when when the dealers understand that you 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 already lost the customer, they're not coming in because you did not have the conversation with them. So what did you gain out of that? Right? They're never coming in because you didn't meet them at their experience, their point of experience, or what they're at their buyer's journey. When you do that, you've already lost, and you've you've minimized your market, and you've also you've. Uh, how do you say that you, you've uh, the, the, you, you're you're tailoring your service to a certain age market, right? Yes. 
the younger people aren't going to purchase that way. Well, and they're not going to purchase that way, and they don't want to be treated that no, way in don't. the same way, right? I mean, look, what what um, what the pandemic has done for sure is it is a fast tracked the consumers expectations as far as what an experience should be i mean look i don't think there's anybody that's attending the show today all right that this last this christmas just this last holiday didn't get 30 freaking amazon packages right. <laughs> show up at their door i know i had at least 60 oh, um I'm, right i'm amazon down yes because i am amazon yeah, down yeah. at least hopefully but they still seem to be coming i don't yeah. get it um but but to have that type of frictionless experience you know, from a sure. shopping perspective, I gotta be honest with you, I fucking, I hate shopping. I yeah, hate, I hate going to a mall. Yep. Like I get anxious. Yep. Like, there's too many people, right? And then it's just, it's, I'm walking for a mile to get from one place to another just to find out the store didn't have the bloody thing in stock in the first place. Sure, I, I think some of the the fallout came on when digital retailing tools first came to market. And there were such high expectations and dealers are making these large investments and which <laughs> DR, you know, tool are you going to put on your website? And you've seen the conversion go from 0% to 1% up to 3% back to 1%. And so dealers fell off that wagon. Sure. Well, there's now more intuitive uh, technology in DR tools that are out there. You have to, again, I'm not here just to say the Matador tool and how you engage with those digital retailing clients that want the majority of that experience to be online. There is way, better ways now to facilitate that communication yes. with these online consumers where you can bring them in. They don't even have to come in your store no more. Now, I've always been a big proponent of the DR tool was too new. People are not going to spend 30, 40 grand online. That is that has changed. And there's still a little more uh, opportunities to, to bridge a gap with the communication. But that has already changed. Well, I love the fact that you called it a tool, right? Because I'm going to tell you something real quick. Um, what a what the ROI on a set of wrenches in my hand is definitely not going to be the same ROI <laughs> on, on, on a well-trained technician because right. I will it up. I will just I don't know what I'm doing. I love tinkering with stuff. Sure. I love taking it apart. And then I have a good technician friend of mine who comes over and goes, <laughs> you doing <laughs> that's what that, i don't even know what that is you know so yeah. but that's but that a tool is only as good exactly. as how well and who is going to be using it you know i looked at digital retailing and i was just i think a lot of dealers it depends on the dealership right i think some dealerships took that tool and realized that what this is is actually a process and it's a piece of technology that supports a process sure. and then i think that there was other dealerships that looked at it as a widget that goes on their website <laughs> and it's going to generate new leads for them and they don't really need to do any i was just like Wow, we kind of really, but but again, it all comes down to that operator. And you'd mentioned Matador, and you mentioned engagement. Um, like I think the the two big things that make up the experience now, it's never a big thing. You notice that? Sure, like sure. experiences aren't made up of big things, yes. right? Exper like for, to me, an experience like go to Wrigley Field and I get a, I get that mm -hmm. that dirty dog, that dirty mm -hmm. water dog, right? Yep. Like that's just that. Okay, that's the experience. It was it wasn't it wasn't a monster thing. Yeah. All right. It was something. It was something small, and and I think that's still the case today, right? Um, we look at the simplicity of Amazon, and it's a small thing, but it's a simplicity. It's great. Sure. Then we look at like you know Matador. What what is what do engagement platforms do? They make the customer feel known. Sure. And I and I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on how dealerships can do a better job of knowing their customer. I, I think again, it goes back to medium meeting the client not only in their buyer's journey but their technology cycle, right? So, oh, I like that. If someone is is communicating with a phone call, you call them. Someone's an email, you email them. But most people are communicating via text. That's where ninety percent of all communication and conversations happen. Sure. So the reason why we like working with the Matador team, and that's not a secret, <laughs> is you guys are meeting the consumer at their 
point of need. And you do it in a way where we can segment our audiences and communicate them, communicate with them with a video where they don't have to click on and link. So it's ease of use, it's convenience. Yes. It is so vital that dealers have a solution in place to communicate with their clients. I mean, they're spending 100%. tens of thousands of dollars every 100%. single month. And so many of those opportunities fall by the wayside because they're not optimizing the little details, the communication, the experience. And communication is a little thing, yeah. but it is a monster thing to yeah. the consumer, Absolutely. right? Like it's everything. It's trust. If I feel like I can just pick up my phone, all right, and yes, we love text messages. I do love text mm -hmm. messaging, right? And I gotta be honest with you, like most people know, like I don't, what was, it, what was the last time I answered a phone call? I don't know if the, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, your now, wife, if it's your just, wife, no. your, 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 your Well, even family, that, but I think yeah. even with the wife, I mean, we tax oh, wow, everything, okay. right? Like when, like, She's and, a now Matador client. Yeah, yeah <laughs> obviously. Like, I, I, may, I pick up the phone when I see Dan Trinidad. That's what I do. That's when I pick up the phone. Um, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. I know I am horrible at it. Um, but 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 like if if you're texting me, you're mm -hmm. in my inner circle. Sure. Right. Absolutely. And and, and and the cool thing is being in my inner circle goes both ways. Like you should feel like you should be able to, to text me and I reply. And then I should in return be able to feel like if I can text you at any time and, you know, I know that I'm going to get a reply and then that, that's that inner circle. And I Absolutely. think it's incredibly important. I, I agree 100 percent. This is going to be an exciting 2023, man. It is. It I really is. I'm really excited. I look forward to all the opportunities. Look forward to working with you guys. I'm excited to get a Cubs game with you. Yes. Man. Yeah. You know, we should we should come 100%. up with some idea. How we we are, we are totally doing yeah. a Cubs game. Let's do a Absolutely. Cubs game. 100%. Guys, love it. just so you know, watch out. There's going to be a Cubs game. Me and Dan, we'll see you guys in Chicago. Love it. Uh, but hey, before I let you go, though, yes. for everybody out there that's watching and listening mm -hmm. and would love to learn more about you or even kind of follow along with your journey, what, what's the best way to do so? Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn, search for Dan Trinidad. You can go to dealerfox.com and look at our consulting services, but more importantly, go to benchmark.com. Actually, it's benchmarktm.com and look at all the data and services that we provide for the dealers. Awesome. And man, thanks so much. It was right. a lot of fun. Well, Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.